0: Welcome to the Locked on Wizards podcast. This is your host, Ed Oliver. We are going to talk about two Wizards games that happened this weekend, how on fire Kyle Kuzma was from three hitting eight threes. This man could not miss, just needed some help out there. Had 36 points against the Cavaliers, but it wasn't enough. We're going to talk about the game against the Spurs, the double overtime game that went, both teams scored in 150 points. There was no defense played at all. And then the nail biter against the Cavs, where Kyle Kuzma went crazy. We're going to talk about the youngsters, Corey Kisper, Denny, and Rui, and talk about their performances. Also, the Wizards are bringing back Tomas Saranty. It's kind of like they brought back they so they've already already brought back Ish Smith. They're bringing back Tomas. Um, are they going to bring back any other Wizards point guards that have played in the past five years? Who knows? You know, it looks like Tommy Shepard is bringing the whole starting to bring the whole gang back. So let's get into let's recap these games. And um, let's talk a little bit about Tomas Sadaransky. Let's get it.
1: You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome again. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Also, bet online has you cover the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online when the game starts. All right, so let's get to this Spurs game. I mean, to the Spurs game. We had a uh, busy weekend, of back to back this weekend. So, the Spurs game, let's start off with that. So, 157, 153, double overtime. So my main takeaways from this game, and then I do want to get to individual performances because you know some players played really good in that game, and then some players really didn't play well. And we played a lot better defensively in that Cavs game than we. There was zero defense on the Spurs game from both teams. The Spurs didn't play much defense. We didn't play much defense. So let's start with the Spurs game. Um, Dejounte Murray. We just had nobody out there to stop him. He got to his spots. The mid-range game. He was unstoppable. He looked like an all-star got to the basket kelvin johnson as well we weren't able to stop him we weren't able to stop lonnie walker those guys got to the basket um a lot on the wizards and we just couldn't get stops towards the end um i thought offensively we did this was this is one of our i mean this probably was our best offensive performance all year um we really were hot from the three-point line to start the game off i thought kcp shot the ball well in that first quarter um, Danny hit a three, uh, Kuzma hit, hit three threes. We were 16 for 38 from the three point line. So we shot 42% from the three, which is not like us at all. But the last couple of games since the all-star break, we really have shot the ball better, uh, from the three point line. I think the ball movement has been better in both games, even in the Cavs game I thought the ball movement was decent until the fourth quarter. That's what happened with both games. Once we got to the fourth quarter, it really, the ball really stuck to Kyle Kuzma because he was the only guy that was able to create a shot on his own and nobody else was able to create a shot. So it just kind of was like staying around and watch Kyle Kuzma. Didn't really look like plays were drawn up, but I'm going to talk about the Cavs game. I think the Cavs game, the ending to that one was more frustrating as far as an offensive standpoint, play calling, and adjustment standpoint towards the end of that game. But as far as the Spurs game, um, there were some encouraging things I saw offensively. I thought Denny was very aggressive. Kyle Kuzma, once again, very aggressive. Um, I thought Rui, he's been shooting really, really well from the three-point line. But like I said, as a team, we were 16 for 38 from the three. 50, we shot 42%. We shot 54% from the field, and then we allowed the Spurs to shoot 50, 54% from the field, which is not good at all. The Spurs shot 43 free throws. De'Jounte Murray, he got to the basket a lot and got fouled. Keldon Johnson, Jakob Pertl, he hurt us a lot as well, rebound, offensive rebounding. Uh, he, he really hurt us in, in that area. Um, they shot 79% from the free throw line. We shot 79% as well and um turnovers we we 16 turnovers was not bad not great fast break points we had 16 so i thought we moved the ball really well and, and tried to push the pace we had 66 points in the paint but we allowed 74 points in the paint so this was kind of like an old uh wizards game where we just throw the ball out whoever still 121st um kind of like with the previous coaching staff we had where it was just a run and done type of office this is how how it looked so it did look different from what the wizards have been doing for the most part of this for the most part of this year uh, but like I said, I, I think I was encouraged by what I saw from some of the young guys offensively. But de- de- defensively, um, we did play like a sieve. Uh, we allowed him to get to the basket a lot. And offensive rebounds definitely hurt us down the stretch, too. Um, Kyle Kuzma put up 36 against the Spurs, uh, eight boards and eight assists. Corey Kisper had 12 points and made two threes. Daniel Gafford, I thought he played some good minutes as well. Eight for nine from the field, 17 points. And in uh, six boards. I, I just think that you know he he needs to do a little bit better. he didn't he didn't get in foul trouble, so that's good as well. Only had four fouls, which is kind of kind of low for Daniel Gafford, instead of you know him getting the getting three in the first half like he did in the Cavs game. Um Netto, this is one of his better games. He had 22 points, nine for 15, four for seven from the three, and KCP was four for ten from the three. Like I said earlier, we shot the ball really, really well from the three-point line. Um, then hit two threes as well, and I thought he facilitated the ball. Uh, not facilitate, but he rebounded the ball well with 14 points and nine boards. Now, um, from my notes, I had to write down some notes because there was just so much this weekend. Um, the the main takeaways, once again, was Dejounte Murray getting to the basket. We were not able to stop him. KCP gambling on that last shot by Murray, Dejounte Murray in the first overtime where we could have ended the game, but he gambled for it still. Plays like that really, really hurt the Wizards. And that's something like a veteran that KCP – who is a solid defender, he just has to um, make better decisions down the stretch. De- De- DeJounte Murray, when we did get stops, we stopped him at the free throw line. He did a pull-up jumper, and he air And then he missed another pull-up uh, jumper, and he missed it off the side of the rim. So I just thought it was unnecessary for KCP to go for the gamble and go for that steal. And that really, really hurt the Wizards. The game really should have never went to double overtime. The Wizards had the lead at that time, and they really could have ended the game. Now, I do credit West so Jr., in the Spurs game for making adjustments. The, the Spurs pressed us coming out of the gate in the second half, and they did make adjustments. They started to move the ball. Raul Neto. he was a little rattled when they did that press at the beginning of the second half uh, with Kelvin Johnson, DeJounte De- 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 Murray, Kata Bates-Diop, guys that have long arms, long wingspans. They really disrupted the Wizards and threw them off, and we got the ball with six seconds left on the shot clock against the Spurs, and we were just discombobulated offensively. And then we West well, called a timeout. We made a run and went up by a little bit. Um, and then also a good play in the overtime and something that was good by West So jr. Was that trap Denny and Corey Kispert trapped on the corners. They got a steal. Denny took it to the basket and finished strong. Um, and we, we got the lead in, I want to say that was in regulation. Um, Ishmith was really good from the mid range. Thomas Bryant was just off that game. 0 for four from the three point line. Uh, you can, you can kind of hear the crowd saying, no, don't shoot. Don't shoot. And I like Thomas Bryant shooting threes. Because he's a big man that does something different that our other bigs don't, which is shoot threes and space the floor. But he just he's, he's just been off, and you can kind of tell he's coming back from that ACL injury. He's trying to get his footing. He just wasn't able to really knock it down. Um, Anthony Gill only played eight minutes. You know he's been playing a lot of minutes lately, so that was that was different. Cash to got four minutes. Ish Smith had ten points, oh, twenty-one minutes. Uh, Thomas Bryant had six points. Like I said, Denny, this was his, this is one of his better games. Thirty-seven minutes. I, that's what I want to see. I want to see these young guys getting 37 minutes. I want to see Denny getting 37 minutes. I want to see Rui getting 30 minutes. I want to see Corey Kisberg getting 32 minutes. Corey Kisberg got 32 minutes. Rui got 20 minutes. And I really thought he could have played more in that Spurs game, to be honest with you. Some of the rotations have still been – the West is trying to find something with these rotations. There still is no set rotation even after the trade deadline. Um, So it's just getting a little uh, muffled down the stretch with these rotations. And I'll talk about that a little bit more. With the Cavs game, how the rotation down the stretch was just a little questionable. Um, some subs that I thought West should have made for that Cavs game. But the the Spurs game down the stretch, once again, offensive rebounding really hurt us. Yaka Purtle, he really was the X Factor for that game. And DeJounte Murray was a player of the game for that game. Also, uh Kelvin Johnson hurt us really bad as well. And uh Thomas Sadaransky played in that game, and then the next day we he's bought out and we signed him. So that, that was intriguing as well. Lonnie Walker, too, he was instrumental in that overtime. He had a he had a nice dunk as well and played really, really well. But um, like I said, I I like what I saw from the young guys in the first game, it was a little different in the second game. Some guys didn't play as well as they did, but once again, it's back to back, no excuses, but of course it's hard to get on a plane and travel to Cleveland and play, but this is why these guys are NBA players. So 157, 153, definitely a winnable game, definitely a game I felt like the Wizards should have came out victorious, but um, it's just growing pains and another learning experience for the Washington Wizards. So let's transition to the Cavs game, but before we do that, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie is so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All build bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Yes, puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Go to build.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most build bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new, and new ones for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. That's my favorite flavor. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it del- taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how, but they pull it off, pull it off every time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen for now. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis. For your local experts, it's free and available wherever you get a podcast. All right, so let's transition to the Cavaliers game. Let me just pull the numbers up for that one. Uh, Busy weekend for the Washington Wizards. So this one was totally different offensively. You know, 86 to 92, they didn't even touch 100 points. I thought defensively we did play better, especially with the three-headed monster of bigs or really four-headed monster of bigs the Cavaliers have with um, Kevin Love, Laurie and Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. They they just have a quadruplets of guys who are 6'8 or taller that are versatile you know jared allen's not shooting threes but evan mobley's out there shooting threes he's just a unicorn um he can put the ball on the floor um he finishes well he can shoot the three he can face you up he, he's just he, he's like a guard almost and it's a guy who's six foot eleven you know that's how versatile evan mobley is and he's on pace for being rookie of the year and he he played really well i thought we did a solid job against him though um i think the guy that really really hurt us was Laurie marketing You look at his numbers. He had uh, he played 35 minutes, had 23 points, was six for nine from the three point line, and that was on us. You know, Denny he helped off of Laurie Markin one time and left them wide open. That's growing pains right there. It's a learning experience for him. And Laurie Markin knocked down a couple threes. Now, from a guard standpoint, our guards were really off. That's why I say some guys played really well against the Spurs, and some guys definitely did not play as well as they did on uh, on Friday night um howl netto and ish smith combined ish smith was two for ten hollow Neto was two for ten so they both were two for ten from the from the floor they both did not play as well as they did against the spurs and that really hurt us down the stretch um point guard play and then also once again this was another game where we where threw the ball to kuz and it's like hey everybody get out the way and let kuzma do his thing and it works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't you know he shot a fadeaway in the fourth quarter he made the first one and then he did another fadeaway, and he, and he missed it. And, you know, honestly, I wasn't mad at the shot because it's like, hey, who else is really stepping up and creating a shot on their own? You know, they put Isaac Kerr on him, who's a solid defender, and they tried to double him as well when he got the ball in the post, and the Cavs knew. They're like, hey, right now nobody else is really a threat out there to score. And, you know, that's what the guys got to work This is why these young guys got to play, you know, so they can step up and be more aggressive and be more offensive threats. And other guys on the roster as well, but you know, other than Kuzma, nobody else was really creating offense as well. Kyle Kuzma had eight threes, eight for eleven, which is ridiculous. He was out of his mind. He was unconscious. Um, Kuz could miss. He was on Kuz control. He could not miss. Thirty four points, thirteen boards, eight for eleven from the eight for eleven from the three point line, thirteen for twenty two from the field. He was getting downhill as well. Court Kisper didn't shoot the ball well either. 0 for three from the three point line, and uh, one for four from the field. Gafford played better. Gafford's finally getting playing time. And he, he's starting to play well, so I'm just happy about that as well. Um, I do want to get to the last couple of seconds of the, of the game because that was frustrating watching that. And I think they were, I think they could have, they definitely could have done better offensively. I do want to get into that, but once again, offensive rebounds hurt us down the stretch. Lori Markin and hurt us down the stretch. We couldn't get stops. Uh, Jared Allen got some buckets down the stretch as well. Sety Osman was the X factor for them as well. Um, he he really hurt us out there. Twenty nine. He had nineteen point seven for thirteen from the field and two for five from the three point line. Um, so they they just out hustled us towards the end. And um, I saw some people complaining about the refs, but the refs definitely they they didn't really they they definitely didn't help us. But I, I wouldn't blame that game on the refs at all, like at all. I think offensively we just have to find a rhythm. We cannot let the ball stick, but at the same time they know where we want to go with it, and they're like, hey, if Kuzma's. Everybody but Anybody but Kuz is going to score on us. And that's what happened in the Kings game. That's what happened down the stretch in the Spurs game. And that's clearly what happened in this Cavs game. Now, Ish Smith shooting a three with 12 seconds on the shot clock, that was frustrating to watch because they plucked Kyle Kuzma. Isaac O'Curl plucked the ball out of Kyle Kuzma's hands while he was dribbling the basketball. Kyle Kuzma gets the ball back, gives the ball to Ish, and Ish shoots a pull-up three. We're down by three. That was really unnecessary. We could have scored. We didn't even have to shoot a three. We could have scored a two. And then foul them. So that's just mental mistakes that I think West should have honed in and settled the troops down and let these guys guys know that situational basketball. Some of the substitutions I thought Rui should have been in the game. He he was shooting the ball well from the three point line. He was shooting the ball well from the three point line for since he's came back. He was two two for two from the three. I thought he could have stayed in there. Um, Denny, this was a rough night for Denny. It was um, 0 for four from the floor. 0 for four from the field. He got blocked twice. Blocked by Evan Mobley. One of his layups got glassed as well. Over 2 from the three-point line and zero points. Uh, I thought he did put up effort defensively, but he got a technical foul, which did hurt. And then he fouled somebody. on. He fouled. I, it wasn't Darius because Darius Barber didn't play. It was, the, it was the guy who was the backup. Let me look at his name. I'm sorry I don't remember his name right now. Goodwin is his last name. I want to say he fouled Goodwin on a three-pointer, which was very unnecessary. And they gave him a three-shot foul. Three three um three three uh, free throws, which was which was uh which was not a good foul by Danny at all. Um and then he was frustrated because, you know, he wasn't shooting the ball well. He slams the ball up in the air. And I didn't see it because they went to a timeout and they didn't show it. But um it's growing pace for him. He had a great night against the Spurs. But the Spurs game too, he you know, he had a little up and down because I do for the rest of the season, I just wanna focus on the young guys and their development. I wanna make every game that we played, we should make a I wanna make a segment just talking about Corey Kispert, Rui, what they did, and what um, Denny did. Because the rest of the season, in my opinion, if they'd be, they lost to the Cavs without Darius Garland, without Kyrie LaVert, I think we got to be realistic with this team and just where they're going right now. You look at the standings, and the Wizards are in the 11th spot. They're, they're two and a half games now behind the Atlanta Hawks. And these were two winnable games that they really, really needed if they're trying to make this play in push. You know, Teleon says we will never, ever tank. And losing these two games definitely did hurt. We do play the Pistons uh tomorrow night which is definitely a winnable game but you just never know the Pistons just beat the Cavaliers so the Pistons very well could be the Wizards and the last time we played the Pistons in Detroit Kyle Kuzma had to hit a buzzer beater or a game-winning three just for us to win in Detroit so I would not sleep on Detroit either but for the way the Wizards are they need to really focus on these young guys and focus on their development I think Corey Kishner needs to get 30 minutes a game which he's getting 34 um Denny needs to get 30 minutes a game but that, that game he did need to sit. He needed to sit because he was not playing well. He just wasn't shooting. It just wasn't his night. So he, he didn't need to have a seat. Thomas Bryant, um, for him, he got blocked by Kevin Love, but he had a couple of dunks. Defensively, he's still, you know, his lateral movement isn't great to the point where he can stop bigs and, and block shots. He hasn't really been a rim protector. And he's never known to be a rim protector. But offensively, you know, he's, he's set an illegal screen. He got blocked by Kevin Love. It's just been a kind of a slow comeback process. It's been, you know, a good game for Thomas here, and then a rough game for Thomas here. So he's been consistent, but the only way he's going to get better with, is with playing time. Like I said, once again, Ish Smith a rough shooting night for him. Uh, I thought Rui provided some good minutes, ten points, four for eight from the field, two for two from the three point line. Hollow Neto, once again a rough shooting night for him. KCP was a little wild with the um, with his dribbling, which he has been this year, and then turnovers. Turnover, we really shot ourselves in the foot tonight, too. Uh, in last night, 18 turnovers. There was a couple times where we just had lackadaisical passes, lazy passes, dribble the ball out of bounds. Uh, we really shot ourselves in the foot. Uh, look at the three point line. We shot once again, we're shooting better from the three point line. That was mainly because of Kyle Kuzma, 47% from the three. Um, I thought defensively against the Cavs, we just gave up a couple threes to Larry Marken. But for the most part, the Cavs were all from the three point line, eight for 25. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. The free throw discrepancy, again, the Cavaliers had 24 free throws. We only had six free throws. So they got to the basket um, much more than us. You look at points in the paint, they had 44, we had 32. So the free throw discrepancy in both games are definitely a little concerning here, so I, I don't know what's going on with that. We're just not getting to the basket and creating, con- and creating contact and finishing through contact or creating contact to, to get fouls. And the other teams are getting downhill and, and getting fouls against us, so um, but once again, I thought Rui could have been in there. I thought he should have taken Neto out a little earlier than what he did. Neto was just not shooting the ball well down the stretch. And I thought, um, I mean, the only guard, the only point guard you you can really go to is Ish. Or, you know, KCP was shooting the ball pretty well. Um, Anthony Gill collected a DMP when Anthony Gill has played well the last couple of games. So the rotations have been kind of kind of um, interesting to say the least. The rotations have been a little inconsistent. Down the stretch from West Elso Jr. You know, Anthony Gill has a couple game, couple of good games, and now he collects a DMP. So, um, but I do want to look at my notes here before, yeah, that's that's all I got from we had 13 turnovers in the first half. So we really, we really shot ourselves in the foot. Um, and then Denny helping off of Lori Mark and that really hurt us as well with that three. So we just it has a mental mistakes. But like I said, these young guys gotta play through it. That's what they gotta do. That's the only way they're gonna get better is by playing through these mistakes. So uh, we lost that 192 to 86. We were two and a half games behind that last playing spot. So it certainly did not help at all. Um, but I do want to get into the Toma signing, what I think about it, my thoughts, and then we'll wrap it up here. Um, but before we do that, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sporting bets betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC, all is right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up,
0: Let's get into the uh, Tomas Tataranski signing. So I do want to look up his numbers here. He when he did leave the Wizards, he had signed a 3-year, $30 million contract. So he definitely got a nice a nice um nice contract when he did leave the Wizards. When he played with Chicago, played, when he played with the Bulls, he in 2020 averaged 9 points a game, 5 assists and 3 rebounds. He also shot 32% from the 3-point line. He's never been a great three-point shooter. That's not part of his game. Um, from, you know, watching with the Washington Wizards. And then the year after, in 2021, he scored seven points per game, four assists per game, and two two boards per game. Shot 84% from the free throw line. Shot 60% from, from two, from two, and uh, 35% from the three-point line, shooting two threes per game. So he didn't really – um, very low volume shooting the three. So um, he was bought out by the Spurs, and then, the you know, Tommy Shepard swooped in and signed him because, you know, he's he likes – Familiarity, you know, bringing back Smith, bringing back Tomas Sederansky. So, um, you know, it just looks like Tommy Shepard likes familiarity. And a lot of GMs like that as well. So it's not anything unique. Um, But it it was just funny that he was bought out and the Wizards just just swooped in so quickly there. Um, My take on the Tomas Sederansky signing is they want some height at the point guard position. He's versatile. He can play the two. He can play the three. He played multiple positions here when he was back with the Wizards in 2018 and 17, you remember everybody eats when he was playing really well, when John Wall was out for a couple of games and Tomas was facil- facilitating and moving the ball. Tomas will help with ball movement. He's not, the ball's not going to stick with him. That's one thing. Um, I think he he can help defensively with length. We can have a lineup with Tomas, Kispert, Denny, uh, Kuz, and Gafford, or a lineup with Tomas, uh, Kispert, Uh, Rui Hachimura, Kyle Kuzma at the four, and Gafford at the five. You just have a lot of length there. Or or KCP at the two, either one Kispert or KCP. I think Kispert should start. He's starting. I I think it's time to really start Rui. Like I said, I think the Wizards just need to focus on development and just seeing what they have in their first-round picks. Um, The last three years, I think that's what they really, really need to focus on. And if they win games, I'm happy. I'm happy if they win games as long as they're developing guys. But – You know, to try to bring in guys and try to make a push to the plan, I'm just not really, you know, I'm not 100% on that. I I personally, I don't think the Wizards really needed to sign anybody. I think they just need to focus on the guys that they have in-house right now and just see what the guys on the roster can currently do. Um, And personally, I know a lot of people are not fond of Cassius Winston. I think it was time to let Cassius – with some of these dealers play, let Isaiah Todd get some minutes, let Cassius Winston get some minutes. You know, you spend a second-round pick on both these guys. Let's see what Cassius Winston can do and get some playing time, in my opinion. Um, now, like I said, he can help, but he's not a needle mover. He's not going to make us win. Shout out to Bet Online. We're, we're still at 34.5 of uh, win totals. So Tomas is not going to bring any wins to this roster. And he's not going to make us lose anymore. So he's kind of like a just – he's a non-needle mover signing it's a familiarity signing. It's a guy that is going to move the ball. I think he's going to provide good minutes because he's a good player. He's a savvy veteran. He's athletic. Um, you know, he is 6'7". He's a solid defender. He plays with his heart. He plays his heart out. He's scrappy. So, But, you know, for the people who wanted to see Denny play point guard, I didn't think it was going to happen anyway. But, you know, the, the odds of that is just not going to happen at all. Um, but, yeah, Tomas, like I said, it, it's just not a needle mover. I, I don't think this team really needed to add – any more players, in my opinion, I just keep it what it is. Like I said, this team right now, the the talent, and this team just doesn't not have enough forces, in my opinion, to really make a jump to the playoffs. And even if this team does make the playoffs, they're not going to be the the Nets in a playing game or the Hawks or really who else is in that playing spot that they're, that we're battling with right now. I'm just going to look it up really really quickly here. But this 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 roster right now, we're relying on Kuz. I mean, Kuz is our number one option. That's fine. He's getting buckets, but Other than that, we're just we don't have enough horses and firepower, and Tomás is not going to really help in that fourth quarter and scoring. We're really lacking in guys who can really create a a basket down the stretch in that fourth quarter to help Kyle Kuzma out, and we're not drawing up plays or ball movement to get other guys involved in that fourth quarter stretch. So, you know, Tomás, in my opinion, he's just not really a moving needle mover. Can he help some of the guys develop possibly? But you know, like I said, right now West is kind of having a tough, a tough time getting a consistent rotation. So it is possible for Tomas to take some minutes away from some of these young guys. And I, I wouldn't, not, I would not be happy to see that. So, you know, we'll see how, how all this plays out and he'll be a free agent next year. So like I said, the pros are, is that he's a solid defender. He's a good facilitator. He can push the pace. He can finish around the rim. He's super athletic. We, we all know that um, his, his deal is up. He's going to be a free agent. Like I said, they can bring him back on a cheap deal. If they want to bring back a backup point guard. The cons are, like I said, it's just, it's just not a, it's not a needle mover. It's not going to change anything. So I just really feel like the roster should have just stayed the same for these last 21 games. We'll see if Porzingis comes back. Um I haven't heard anything, whether if he's doing three on three on five on five, I still think he's doing one-on-one. On one. I do have to double check on that. But like I said, I, I just didn't feel it was necessary to really sign anybody. Uh, like I said, there's what 20, 20 games left, 21 games left. Just keep the roster the way it is and let let Denny let Rui play 30 minutes. Let Kisper play 30-plus minutes. And like I said, Tomas, he might not affect their minutes. But once again, I mean, we see how West has been playing guys. And Anthony Gill definitely has stolen some minutes from guys. So, you know, we'll see. But I just want to thank you guys for listening and making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now, make your second listen Locked On NBA. Locked On Experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcast so um you guys comment below let me know what you guys thought about the two games over the weekend and how you see the um last remainder of the season finish up for the Washington Wizards these last 20 games let me know what you guys thought about the Tomas Sadoransky signing like I said it just doesn't really move the needle for me at all and uh, I know it's a sign to bring in a backup point guard you know Winetto is um you know getting beat defensively because you know he's six feet tall we have somebody else who is six for seven who can go in there and defend but at the same time. Like I said, I, I th- I'd think i rather just see what some other young guys can do, like maybe just letting cash as once in play. Because like I said, right now it's a research and development season at this point. At this point, it's research and development. So just develop guys and see what they can do. Um, and if they do want to bring back Tomas next year as a backup point guard, sure, that's fine. But I just want to thank you guys for listening once again. Make sure you guys subscribe to Locked on Wizards on YouTube and hit the notification bell. And subscribe wherever you guys can get a podcast. Hail to the Wizards. Peace.